What's up, everyone? Today's podcast on the Fangraphs Pick to Click ended up going a little bit long, so we are splitting it up. Today is part one, and next week will be part two. So uh, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate here with Jimbo. What up? And we are talking about fan graphs again. This week, not the top 100, but we are covering the picks to click for 2023. So if you don't know what the picks to click is, let me give you a quick rundown on fan graphs every year. They have their top 100 list, and then they have a list of players in the Picks to Click article in which they think will make the top 100 the following year. Um, And it's interesting because they have also started keeping track of their hit percentage. So in 2018, the first year they kept track, they hit 24% of their Picks to Click that made the top 100 next year. And then 2019, 29%, 2020, 30%, 2021, 26%. 2022, 35%. So if we extrapolate that out, it's roughly, you know, 30% or so in there, maybe 29%. Um, But we're going to round up to 30%. So you can expect, let's round up to 33 to make this really easy. You can expect one in every three guys on this list to likely make the top 100. And I believe there are 37 or 39 guys here. Um, let's go up to 39 for kicks and giggles because it sounds better. So you can expect of the names we read off today for around 13 or so to uh, make the list or to make the top 100 next year. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the list. We're going to look at the guys. We're going to look at the prices. And then you can kind of have a good grasp on, oh, this guy is expensive already. Maybe I'll stay away from him or this guy is really cheap. Maybe I'll take a gamble on him because he's in the picks to click section. Sound good, Jimbo? It sounds phenomenal. Perfect. I love this. I love this picks to click thing. So I, I think this is a great idea. Yeah. And if you haven't read the article, because there is an article along with it, and they talk about the guys um, in little blurbs, uh, go check that out. Picks to click uh, 2023. It, it, it's always a good time. It's always a good time. You should go to Fangraphs right now and check it out. Um, or not right now. At the end of this podcast, then go check it out. It's a great time. But they have it broken up into sections. So the first section here is promising backstops. And I would say of all the sections, this is one of the more interesting ones to me. Because you have at the start, stop at the top, butchered that. Dalton rushing, and then Harry from Los Angeles, and then Harry Ford from Seattle, and then my guy Jefferson Cuero from Milwaukee, and then Samuel Basalo from Baltimore, and Antonio Gomez from New York. And it's actually kind of funny to see Antonio Gomez on here because I pulled a lot of his cards from Bowman, and um, I just kind of thought he was like a nobody, and yet here he is on the list. So... Real quick for prices before we dive into a couple of these guys. A Dalton rushing base auto is around $70 right now. A Harry Ford base auto PSA 9 last auction sold 158 Jefferson Cuero 
is $15, and he had an excellent year in high A, and then not as good of a hitting year in the fall league, but insane defensively in fall Mm -hmm. league, throwing out guys left and right. Samuel Basalo does not have autos. And then Antonio Gomez, um, we're talking about like seven to ten dollar range base autos there. Um, I, like I do think we should start with Dalton rushing though, because Jimbo and I had a meeting yesterday and we talked about him. So Jimbo, you want to ta- take away your uh, your research on Dalton rushing? Yeah. So it was funny because Nate called me and, and talked about uh, you know this picks to click, and it was funny because I was actually looking at it last or last Friday. Um, and cause I look at this list every single year. And, and one thing that I did instantly was I went to the, the, uh, previous year and looked at the names that were on there to see like, Hey, now that we saw a year's worth of what they said last year to get a good basis on this year. Um, and there was a lot of good names on last year's that, that did really well last year. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to dive into each player here, um, and really look into it. So, I went down a rabbit hole looking looking up Dalton rushing, and one his numbers were absolutely outstanding last year. Um, one thing, another thing I did was I, I looked at all the stats of from 2006 all the way up till today, or yeah, up to today for minor league stats. So like pulling past players, and I was just uh, I was I was filtering them by category of the different um, hitting categories to see if there was names that were sim- like a, a good list of names that I was like, okay, maybe this is a category I should start looking more into. And what, one thing that I realized is Dalton rushing was like in the top five in like 65, 70% of them of the categories and uh, usually right next to Juan Soto in a lot of them. So I thought that was interesting, but I, so I dove even deeper, um, you know, college bat. So he's a little bit older. Um, but he was in high last year, which is the Cali League for the Dodgers. Wait, wasn't, he just, wasn't he just an A? Oh, yeah, sorry. It used to be high A back in the day. Yeah. Uh, they switched it. But the Cali League is known for to be a huge hitters league. Um, so his numbers were outstanding, but I also – I like to point out the red flags. I'm very curious how he does this year uh, because he will be going to the Midwest League, as you know, is a tough hitters league. Um, but he basically – uh, I won't go too much in Dalton rushing because there's a lot of good names on here, but here's one that I, I really, the other thing that I found out about him is, so I looked up his cards. All he has is Bowman base auto Bowman first, just base. And then he has the, what was the other one that I told you about the black and white one? Oh, Ray wave. The, from yeah. the light boxes. So all he has is base auto or is it and- black and white mini diamond. No, not uh, the probably, it was the Ray, Ray Wave. Ray Wave. Okay. And and I might be wrong. Someone might might maybe there there, there was uh, some that just weren't posted. But I've looked, and those were the only two I saw. So that means he doesn't have orange autos. He doesn't have gold autos with the first. Now he does have insert autos like the class of 2022, but those usually don't do as well. Like that's not the the flag. Yeah, those are super cheap compared to if you look those up and those prices compared to like a color auto regular it's it's drastically different and from what i'm seeing it's all base autos for dalton rushing um like not a single not not even a refractor or anything has popped up so you would be correct on that dalton rushing 
base autos. Because I was looking, and I, I actually was looking into him like uh, during the time that draft came out, and his autos were so high, and I'm like, man, you know, like right now they're at 70, and I was like, man, I can't justify buying him at 70 for a base auto uh, when there's you know other players that I like more at that price. But then I then I came back to it and dove even deeper, realized that it's probably because the supply is super low because he doesn't have all those other autos in it. Um, you which know, you know what's interesting to me, just as an aside, hmm. is that there's not even redemptions for them. So, like, did he, like, if 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 they had sent him cards to sign and he just chose not to, there would be redemptions for those cards, right? Yeah. So they just decided to just send him base autos. And I've actually I've seen this. Um, on some other players as well. I think uh, Cole, who was the the Seattle Mariners kid that you talked about, the first Cole runner? Young, but yeah. he has he has redemptions. But oh yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, um, and like Tamar Johnson has redemptions, and like there's been guys that you know Joe Adele back in the day only had base autos, and then autos like numbered lower fifty or lower doesn't have greens or blues or purples or refractors because of damage. And Christian Robinson for the Diamondbacks, he also um, had a weird, I don't remember what it is exactly, but he had a weird thing going on with his autos. Um, so there's been weird autos, but I've always been told it was because of damage and transit. So maybe only the base autos survived and all the other autos got damaged, but uh, that would be yeah. kind of wild if that was the case. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, uh, a lot of these guys, like the the agents, are really starting to know their worth. Like uh, for to, you know, for these signing deals, I feel like where they're negotiating way harder than than you like than they have in the past. Where like if you have a second rounder kid, like a second round kid out of high school that was you know way over slot, they're let's say they're offering them that player a second round type of signing, uh, like a signing deal for cards. They're like, no, I'm really like a first round talent. I want, I want that kind of money too, just like I did in, you know, in the draft. It's not about where you get drafted. It's about the signing bonus. I've also heard that with with a lot of the different players. Um, so I don't know. And this is all speculation. I would, I would love to hear what tops if there is a plan for that. But really, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is there's so, there's little intricates like this of different players all the time, like. The Vaughn Grissom not having base and only has the first autos. Uh, Lavera Perguero has the first autos, but not base. And like, there's just a lot of little, like Andy Rodriguez doesn't have a first base either. Um, so there's by first base, you just mean non autos? Non autos, sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And sometimes I don't really understand it, but I like the built in scarcity a little bit of Dalton rushing. Uh, but real quick, just because I feel like you undersold it a little bit when you said he had great numbers or spectacular numbers. Um, let's just really quick talk about his numbers in a ball, 28 games, 128 plate appearances. He hit 424 with a 539 on base, a 778 slugging. So we're talking about a 1300 OPS. And a 224 WRC plus, so that's 124% better than league average hitter of that level. Um, he also had a 16.4% walk rate to a 16.4% K rate. Uh, 
You know, I love that. Uh-huh. Uh, not only do I love when the walk rate and the K rate are the same, but the fact that the walk rate was so high, and the K rate so low. Um, but one one minor detail here, BayBip was sitting at 472. Um, I would love to see some of his exit velocity type stuff on this. Maybe he was just hitting the ball really hard and, uh, y- you know, just smacking line drives all over the place type of thing. Line drive percentage, 30, 30%. Ground ball, 31%. Fly ball, 37%. Infield fly ball, 3%. So I don't know. You know, I don't know what he did to make his BABIP that astronomically high, but there's a lot to like about this kid. And a lot of guys, you know, you can say, oh, 472 BABIP, like that's going to come crashing down. And yeah, it's going to come crashing down. But there's a lot of guys that did not do this well in a sample size in any league ever in their entire careers that are great Major League Baseball players. So I'm curious, to say the least. He he quite literally did everything possible – that you would want in, in like the first year, like he didn't do anything wrong, which is crazy because it's, it puts, puts him in a very high expectation bucket. Mm-hmm. So I like to try and bring myself down on players like that, but I'm also so excited about him where I, I can't wait to watch him, you know, the first month, second month, third month to see how he, if he continues it, but man, whew, those numbers, it's crazy, man. I'm telling you, like he was in the same bucket with Juan Soto and most of them. And I know it's only 28 games, but I started reading into him a little bit. Like he went to Louisville. So you're sitting behind Henry Davis. So he didn't have a lot of time to show off. But then, you know, the one t- like the, the year that he did have to show off, he showed off big time and got got drafted, uh, you know, in the second round, first pick in the second round, 40th mm-hmm. overall. So pretty intriguing. Yeah. You, you know what's interesting to me? Just a real real quick sidebar. I didn't realize intentional walks don't count towards your walk rate because he has a 16.4% walk rate and a 16.4% K rate. And then you go down to the standard uh, stats and you see 21 walks and 21 strikeouts. And right in the middle there is one intentional walk. Oh. So a guy can get intentionally walked and fan graphs won't count it in the walk rate. I like that. Which I kind of like that too, but also it's kind of one of those things where maybe it doesn't paint the whole picture. Because if you're super, if you're respected enough to give get an intentional walk, I want that to be uh, in your walk rate, along yeah. with obviously your on base percentage. I like the walk um, rate. That's neither here nor there, and not really helpful yeah. to our uh, prospect conversation. Uh, moving on, Harry Ford, pretty expensive, uh, all things considered, already for a catcher and um for me i don't i don't think i want to be spending a hundred i'd rather spend seventy dollars on dalton rushing and buy two of him than be spending a hundred and fifty dollars on harry ford especially because like obviously harry ford is younger than dalton rushing by two years um and he had a great year last year but dalton rushing's year was absurd (laughs) compared to harry ford's at the same level but again, two years younger. Um, that being said, we don't have to spend a lot of time on Harry Ford. Shout out to Seattle fans. Always fun to have a good, yeah. good uh, catch. I do want to see... I'm sorry. That's good. Yes, sir. I do want to say one thing because I do like him as a player. And you always uh, joke around that, that I'm positive on every player. It's true. But you this, are. But this time you have the price, like this beautiful spreadsheet with the prices next to it. 
So I can be like, I like him as a player, but not for $158. And I'm in the same boat as you. Correct. And also it should be mentioned. If you are listening to this right now, if you've made it 15 minutes in or so, if you want this spreadsheet, please DM me at dinging corners or slab stocks, Nate or Jimbo. I think you're probably able to share it as well because I gave you editorial controls um, or DM Jimbo or Jim bro cards. Um, and we can send you this spreadsheet. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to take the fan graphs picks to click and then just kind of update it for as long as we're doing this, update it every single year um, with a 2023 tab and a 2024 tab uh, and stuff like that. So if you want this, please let us let us know. Cool. Um, moving on to Jefferson Cuero. <laughs> Dude is an absolute stud. Uh, greatest catcher in the history of the world. Um, no better catching prospect in baseball than him, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but really, we're talking about a dude who's given a 50 hit to a 50 power and a 60 field. How many catchers do you know? There's a lot of catchers that might have like a 55 hit tool or something, a 60 hit tool, and then maybe a 60 field, but not have any power. There's catchers that have like big power and decent fielding, but no, no uh, hit tool like um, Austin Hedges, somebody like that. To get a 50 50 on both hit and game power and then a 60 field, which the 60 field might be, it might be a smidge low if I'm being completely biased and honest at the same time. Uh, it might be a smidge low there. I think Jefferson Cuero. There's a lot to like here. Um, there's also some some concerning things. He ran a 2.4% walk rate last year. That's a bit of a concern. But it wasn't like his strikeout rate was drastic. And what's nice is that he dropped strikeout rate by a couple or uh, a percentage and a half between A ball and high A um, last season, which is nice to see while upping his power. I don't know. I just the, – the for me, like – for $15 for Jefferson Cuero, like, I get it. He's a catcher. But the floor there is a major league player solely based on his defense. Like, he will become a major league player based solely on his defense. If the bat resembles anything it did in high A, we're talking about a star. I don't think it will. We're talking about high A after all. Um, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of double A and triple A to go and to get you know, figured out and fooled and have bad numbers. How often do we see it where a guy in a ball and double and high a does really well and then hits double a and then falls off the map. That being said, the floor for just his defense is a major league catcher. The pop times, the arm, everything is incredible. And then if you move from there and you get decent offense, like, yeah, I, I, I fully expect him to become a top hundred prospect just by uh, attrition of the top 100 prospects ahead of him that are going to be dropping off the list. Yeah. Yep. I won't go too much into him. But um, I, you got, oh, yeah? I mean, I, yeah, like he's very intriguing. I loved what he did last year. He's young. Uh, the walk rate is concerned, but when you're hitting as well as he's hitting, like I would never – like you just keep doing what you're doing. And as long as you're swinging at good pitches, which doesn't have, I, I'm sure there's some stat about that somewhere, but we won't go that deep. 
Um, I usually am not too concerned on the walk rate, uh, but it is that red flag where it's like you, you want to see that improve this year and next year and, and see how he does after that. But, um, but yeah, you hit right on the head. Everything line lines up perfectly on what you want to see in a young catcher. And especially at $15 in auto, like the base auto, very intriguing. Yeah. Uh, let's put this in perspective. We're going to skip over um, Samuel Basalo because he does not have autos and go to Antonio Gomez. To put Jefferson Cuero in perspective, um, Gomez is a year older than Cuero. Okay. Cuero right now is 20 years, four months, 22 days. Gomez, 21 years, three months, 17 days. We're talking 11 month difference between these two guys. Jefferson hit really well in high A. Gomez hit okay in A ball. Gomez's hit in power, 45, 40, 60 field. And he's a pick-to-click guy. Jefferson, a 50, 50, 60 field. So, um, and, and of course, this is, I am using last year's rankings, 2022 updated as opposed to 2023. So this could change a little bit, um, depending on when you're listening to this and when they update the Yankees list, this could change a little bit, but it just, it just goes to show you that even in the same picks to click, like Jefferson Cuero is not the same prospect as Dalton rushing, but uh, Gomez is not the same prospect as Jefferson Cuero. And the difference between their autos is as little sometimes as $5. And the difference between Cuero and Dalton Rushing's autos is, you know, five times. So, mm-hmm. but we move on because people don't really care about catchers anyways. Um, we're just going to talk about these strike throwers quick and their prices. We've got the strike thrower section, Cade Pop, Cade Povich, David uh, for Baltimore, David Festa for Minnesota, Dax Fulton for Miami, R- River Ryan for Los Angeles, Dodgers, Robert Gasser for Milwaukee, and Mason Montgomery for Tampa Bay. Um, Cade Povich or Povich has a base auto at $9, but he's in a Twins uniform. David Festa doesn't have an auto. Dax Fulton is $11 a base auto. River Ryan doesn't have an auto. Robert Gasser has an auto at $5, and Mason Montgomery doesn't have an auto. If I were to choose a guy on this list, I would buy the auto of Robert Gasser. I would buy Robert Gasser because he's the cheapest. <laughs> and <laughs> well, and he's and he's a brewer. But like <laughs> it's also one of those things where like Dax Fulton is in Miami. They've been really good at producing pitchers, right? Um, so I would be okay buying I would Baltimore's a good a good farm system right now, but um some of their pitching has kind of like stagnated a little bit. I mean, Grayson Rodriguez, you know, is dropped down the list a bit. DL Hall, those types of guys, but their pit, their hitting is amazing. I would rather bet on Miami's system or Milwaukee's system for these two guys than um, than betting on Baltimore system. And that's all I have to say about that, Jimbo. Do you have anything to add to the strike throwers section? Not anything besides Dax Fulton will probably not even be eligible to be on this list next year because I'm sure he'll – I'm pretty sure he's going to come out making the camp, making the team out of camp, I think, if I remember right. Well, that would be interesting. Uh, and Dax, he's six seven, He's gigantic. He's got a couple plus pitches but a lame fastball. 
55 command. Um, what's interesting here is sometimes you're like, how do how do these things work? Like, why is Dax eleven dollars? If you compare, if you compare Robert Gasser and Dax Fulton to each other, right? Robert Gasser forty five fastball, Dak forty. Robert Gasser sixty slot, sixty slider, Dax Fulton no slider. Robert Gasser fifty five curveball, uh, Fulton sixty curveball. Mm-hmm. Gasser 50 changeup, Fulton 55 changeup. So it's 40, 60, 55. And Gasser has a 45, 60, 55 for his best pitches, but then he also has a 50 changeup. And then the difference here is command for Fulton 55, Robert Gasser command 60. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. bet on the guy that has the one more pitch, the, the better command and the slightly better fastball, even if it's still below average. Yeah. Um, I missed it, miss, uh, misspoke. Uh, Daxon Fulton, I thought he was in AAA last year. I don't think he'll make the make make the club out of spring training, but I bet he gets some kind of call up. Yeah. And Robert Gasser is definitely also going to get called up. Is he? Yeah. Uh, he was in – he went – he got traded to the Brewers last year in the Josh Hader deal, and he went – he was in high A when he got traded, and the Brewers stuck him right into double A, and then they stuck him right into triple A from That's there. Right. I remember that kid. Um, but I realize I just picked a Brewers prospect, which is, you know, absurd. But hopefully going through the the numbers there, it makes sense of why I would choose Robert Gasser for half the price of a Dax Fulton. I agree with you. All right. On to the this is what they look like section. So that this is what they look like means before they become top prospects, this is kind of exactly what they this is what they look like. You know, these are the guys that are doing well in um in Dominican Summer League, and they've got a ton of different talent and skills and skill sets and everything. Um, and this is for me the most interesting list. And it's really interesting because of the prices. So starts off Jason Churio for Cleveland, Diane Jorge for Colorado, Hendry Mendez for Milwaukee, Yordani De Los Santos for Pittsburgh, Christian Vaquero for the Nationals, Grant McRae for San Francisco, and Josua De Paula, if I'm saying that right, for Los Angeles. Now, here are the prices on these guys. For this is what they look like. Jason Churio, $35. Diane Jorge doesn't have an auto. Henry Mendez, $11. Yordani De Los Santos, $17. Christian Vaquero, $73. Grant McRae, $33. And then Josu DePaula. I'm going to go with DePaula because I just don't know how to pronounce his first name. Doesn't have an auto. Hasu. What is it? Hasu. Hasu? I think Hasu. so. Hasu. Thank you. Um, so right off the bat, Henry Mendez, a third of the price of Jason Churio, and, you know, a sixth of the price of Christian Vaquero, a third of the price of Grant McRae. And so let's start with the cheaper guys first, Henry Mendez and Jordani De Los Santos. Um, we'll start with Henry Mendez because he is the cheapest. And he is a brewer, so I know him the best. Uh, Andrew <laughs> Mendez, he has a 60-hit tool, um, doesn't have a ton of pop. 
uh, left field type prospect who has a great eye at the plate, walk rate 13.9% last year to a 15.7% K rate in high A as an, or in a ball as an 18 year old. Um, he had a 0.074 isolated power. That's alarming. And a 286 BABIP, also alarmingly low. You jack that up a little bit, say just up to 300. His WRC plus of 98 goes north of 100, right? And then he is a he's essentially an average hitter as an 18 year old in a ball. We'll take that, you know, and yeah. and we'll take it because of the eye at the plate. So for 11 dollars, and as a Brewers fan, I'm in on that all day, essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to your Donnie De Los Santos. We're talking about a shortstop here, 18-year-old shortstop that did not play out of the Dominican Summer League, um, 17 years old, projected to have a lot of power, projected to have 60 power, might not stick at shortstop. Also, if O'Neill Cruz is still at shortstop, might not be have a chance anyways. Um, but... He, he held his own, all things considered, 258 average, 372 on base, 363 slugging, a 106 WRC+. plus. As a 17-year-old, that didn't really get to a ton of power over the fence. He had 15 doubles and 190 at-bats, one triple, one home run. Um, but I like it. When you projected power like this kid, you're 18, shortstop, and, and just turned 18. We're talking 18 years old in 13 days turned 18 on the 17th i mean for 17 dollars, there's a lot of upside there there's a lot of risk he, it's not like he knocked everyone's socks off in the dominican summer league like jason churio but for 17 bucks upside yeah definitely has the frame and uh like the framework to be very solid yeah, he's 6'1", 170 pounds. Like, there's room there's room to add on another 20 pounds of muscle and still be slender. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I didn't know about that kid. Um, all right, so let's move on to Grant McRae, who his prices were $33 um, for a base auto, at least the last one sold for 33 bucks. And Grant McRae, here's what's interesting here. So in a ball <clears throat> last year, he killed it. Talking 291, 383 on base, 525 slugging as a 21-year-old in a ball with 21 home runs, 21 doubles, and nine triples. Pretty fast. He's a gamer, dude. I, I've, I've been watching this kid for a minute. He also added 35 stolen bases. There is a lot to like about this kid. Now, on the alarming side, because we have to bring it up, and we won't, and he, he had also fine numbers in high A. It was only a 14-game sample size where he hit 269, 387, 423. Um, the alarming side of things, number one, very high BABIPs, absurdly high BABIPs um, his entire career. Rookie ball, 374. Complex league, 457. A ball, 367. A ball the next year, 391. High A. 429. They're not going to stay that. The speed helps run high bay bips, no doubt about it. Um, but they're not going to stay that high. And he does bat left-handed, no shift in the majors, but they're not going to stay that high. It's just not going to happen. 
So you can expect some of those numbers to go down. Um, one other concern is that he also, his strikeout rates, 24% in rookie ball, 30% in complex, 34% in A ball in 2021, 29% in A ball in 2022, 35% in a high A in 2022. Now, I will mention that he, his strikeout rate dropped between A-ball appearances by 5% between the two years. That's nice to see. So maybe high A, he starts high A next year, and he drops it down to 30%, but 30% is still absurdly alarming, extremely, extremely hard to – it's just – it's extremely hard to be a valuable major leaguer striking out 30% of the time. That being said, a dude with his power and his speed – You know, I, if, yeah. anybody, if anybody's going to be able to make it work, it's a guy with power and speed when they strike out that much. But they have to make sure they keep making good contact, solid, hard contact all the time to make it work. If there is ever an issue with a wrist or, you know, a hammy or something that he tries to play through that saps his power, saps his speed, he becomes a very unplayable player with that strikeout percentage. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's been an intriguing one since uh, I remember uh, Remember when he was in 2019 Bowman draft. He was a two-sport athlete, and uh, which you know I'm a big fan of with low-risk guys. And super athletic and kind of reminded me of a, a gunner where it's like a lot of upside, but he needs a lot of playing time to figure it out. Where the strikeout rate, like he did, he you know – he. He had an, an amazing year last year, um, but for me to get super, super excited about him, it's watching that K rate this following year, see if he can get it down to like 25 or lower, I would say, consistently. And you got a very interesting at, player. At, as of right now, like 25 or lower is a big, a big ask, considering he's only had one year where it was 25 or lower and it was 24.5% in rookie ball which no longer exists you know yeah. so like i get where you're saying but I, I do wonder if that's maybe a bridge too far at least for me to see to try to get it that low yeah i think you'd be surprised with uh because last year he had he played in what 120 games which was more than the three years before that obviously with the covid year um yep. But like I'm telling you, those at bats, like I would love to see it breaking down by month to see if he improved by month because a young kid like that, man, the more at bats, it really starts starts to show the true colors to see if they're improving or not. Well, let's see here. Um Dude, this dude makes highlights in, in center field like crazy. I remember watching some highlights of these kids. Trying to trying to see. Let's see. All right, so end of the season. Um, end of the season, he struck out once in the last game. No times. Struck out two times or so in the third to last game. Again, again, he struck out a lot end of season. Oh, did he? So. Oh, yeah. He struck out a lot. Um, from 827, 827, I can't see how many at-bats he had, but he struck out 75% of his plate appearances. 828, 75% of his plate appearances. 
Yeah, Yeah, you get my point. (laughs) He struck out a lot at the end of the season. He definitely did. See, that's why I love diving into these numbers because it it tells more of the story. Yeah, he did strike out a lot. Yeah, but again, it was a 14-game sample size in in, um, his first taste of high A. That's if true. he drops, if he drops again, his strikeout rate by five percent, like he did between A ball and high A, we're talking about a more reasonable thirty percent, which is what his kind of career averages have been around. Yeah, he had uh, two golden sombreros back to back from Ooh. July thirtieth to July thirty first. That's not what you want to see. That is tough. Yeah, but but again, again, if anybody's going to make it work, it's somebody with power and speed that makes loud contact. And even with those strikeout rates, he was making loud contact by evidence by his 21 doubles, nine triples and 21 home runs. And also 35 stolen bases enabled, mm-hmm. even though he struck out 30% of the time. So he just has to keep that up. And I know that's a tall ask. It was the same thing I had hoped for with Keston Hira. And he kind of brought it back last year, striking out 42% of the time. Uh, but also having a 115 WRC plus. But then you have to ask yourself, would you invest in Keston Hero right now? And the answer, I imagine, for 99.9% of the people listening and Jimbo is a hard no. <laughs> I, I'm all, I would buy it for as a gift for you, though. Like, I wouldn't mind buying it. Like, it's not that. He's not, he's not that where I like. Where you would be mad if I bought you a card of him. You know what I mean? Like some players, you'd be like, man, I don't – like I wouldn't even want a Javi Baez auto. Yeah. But where I would love a Kesson Hira card till the end of, end of my days. And I will yeah. always think that Kesson Hira is just a second from breaking out. Um, Let's move on to Jason Churio. We have talked ad nauseum about him in the past, so we don't need to cover him too much today. What I will say is – um, in the new report, he is given a 55 hit, 55 power, 50 speed, 50 field. You know, I like my guys that have above average across the or average across the board, um, especially at the tender age of 17, since he is not going to be 18 until May 19th, almost all the way through May, at least a third of the way through or two thirds of the way through May before he turns 18. Um, which is crazy. And in the Dominican Summer League last year, he had a 23% walk rate to only a 12.5% K rate. Regardless of stats, and Jimbo brings this up all the time, you know, guys learn guys and they just walk them and stuff. One of those things, great eye at the plate, projected above raw power or game power, hit tool, average speed, average fielding. Not much else to say outside of sign me up. For $35, I will take Jason Churio over Grant McRae's 33. Does Grant McRae have the higher upside because of the power speed combo? Sure. But does Jason Churio have the much more realistic uh, chance at becoming a competent Major League Baseball player in my mind? Yes. So I don't know if you agree to that, 
but that's where I'm at. It's a, to me, it's tough. It's a, it's literally like a coin toss because I do like both. It, yeah, it would be tough. Yeah, I just don't like Cleveland system. It, it's just really, it's just really um, what you prefer in a prospect. You yeah. know, I prefer I prefer a good hit tool with a decent, a good eye at the plate. Um, I like to see good walk rates and low strikeout rates and a decent hit tool and. I'll buy into them being able to figure other things out, like being able to get to more power and uh, being able to figure out a defensive home. Whereas if you don't have a good eye at the plate and you don't have a good walk rate, then it's like, well, now I really need him or eye at the plate and a good hit tool. Then I really need them to get to their power consistently and be really good defensively or else they're not going to have a home. And I don't want to take a chance on it. I don't usually want to take a chance on a guy like that. If I can take a chance on a different guy, I find to be safer. Yeah. It will be fun watching him. Uh, Cause he definitely has that upside. Correct. Correct. And, yeah. and the nice thing about this is like Jason Churio still has upside. If what, if he turns in a power stroke like Jackson did last year, nobody saw that coming. I'm pretty sure that before the year they had Jackson Churio, listed at like a 45 power or 40 game power. And then, and then you move into the, you move into the year and it's, or into this year and it's jacked up to like 60, 65. Mm-hmm. So similar thing could happen. And then lastly, um, we've got Christian Vaquero for the nationals. And uh, this is an interesting one because his prices are significantly higher than everyone's else's. But I believe that is just because of him coming out in Bowman Chrome and being one of the top two mm-hmm. international signees. If he wasn't a top two international signee and he had these um, tools and also these numbers, I think his prices would be significantly lower. I think they'd still be like in the $40 range, maybe 50 but I don't think they would be 73 So it's kind of like, are they inflated right now? But I will say this. Um, he has given a 50 hit and the 60 power, uh, 55 speed, 50 field. You know I like that as well. Um, just at the $73 price point, especially for a guy that, like Jason Churio had great stats. 280, 446, 402 in the Dominican Summer League. Vaquero hit 256, 379, 341. Like Churio was way better. Way better is younger by like seven months. Hit way better and is half the price. So for right now, for me, Vaquero, not a buy in my mind. Um, but if he becomes a little bit cheaper, if he gets down to like that $50 range, then I think the upside is significant enough where like, yeah, it is a buy. Yeah. He won't have to do much though for his prices to to shoot up just because of the everyone knows his name. You know, the people that are baseball enthusiasts, they see that name. It's, you know, one of the five that they know. Uh, just like J- uh, Jason Dominguez, you know, like that's where I struggle buying those players because there's so many players with the same tools like that. So much cheaper. But that's where, but you got to also, there's so many factors to cards. That's I like that you bring that up because that is an important factor. You know, I, I talked about how I sold that Jason Dominguez orange shimmer I bought this past offseason, made 150 bucks on it, held it for like three months, 
um, if even. And uh, one of those things where, like, yeah, I wasn't planning on buying Jason Dominguez. It's not fun for me personally to buy Jason Dominguez. I like a challenge. I like to buy, you know, a Jason Churio or a Henry Mendez and watch them pop off and then say, yeah, that felt good. Buying Jason Dominguez is is not exactly exciting. Um, but the reason I bought him was because I said, number one, this card is sold is way too low right now. So I'm just going to put in bids until I feel like it's an appropriate price. I bought it for a price I didn't think was appropriate. So it was way too low. And two, you know how people think, mm -hmm. which you just said. And I was like, yeah, Jason Dominguez, once we get to spring training, it's going to be another year of, oh, man, Jason Dominguez this, Jason Dominguez that. And sure enough, it happened. And I sold it. And it was the easiest money I've ever made in buying and selling cards. I've made a lot of hard money. And that sounds like a brag. I'm not trying to make that sound like a brag. So sorry if that sounded like a brag. It's just I've made a lot of hard money on buying guys like Nate Pearson well before he had a top 100 prospect list, right? Mm-hmm. Buying Jason Dominguez was the easiest thing I've ever done and the easiest money I've ever made. Mm -hmm. And so I, to an extent, I, I hadn't thought about this before. I do kind of agree with you. I guess buying him for $70 and everyone knowing his name is better than buying Jason Churio for half the price and then having to wait for people to learn his name. Though I do think it helps that Jackson Churio is there because I do think as Jackson Churio goes, that will also boost Jason Churio's market. For sure. Yeah, same with the Cunha brothers, but that's why, like, that's why I always bring up the two dynamics to that, where you know, like, people that really know baseball really well aren't always just like doesn't make them the best at buying card buying and selling cards. People that know how to buy and sell cards that don't know baseball extremely well, like, they can still do well. Like, both sides can do well, but if you mix them and you and you learn like the like the quote unquote algorithm or whatever, how all the the card baseball card. Uh, market works you can do very well like think about if grant like uh if the Prithian vasquez if he had a season like grant mccray same numbers literally same numbers at the same age in the same league and everything it would be two completely different conversations yes it would yes it would if 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 christian vaquero hit 21 home runs in any league at any point along with 21 doubles and nine triples yeah, it would be drastic. We're not talking about a $33 base auto. Mm -hmm. Completely different. Thank you, everyone, for listening to part one of the Fangraphs Pick to Click. We will see you next week for part two.